Can I get an amen? And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Amen, Brother Ben, the podcast that keeps you focused on God and acting like Jesus. Let's jump back in with a spicy one. It's Pride Month, so let's talk about that. Should be fine. There should be there should be no. What's no big deal, right? Eh, it's not a hot button issue. It won't get you canceled. No, um, all that is it is what it is to me. And um, if you're listening to this, you're probably maybe maybe not, but you may have listened first to the sermon uh, that I preached or am preaching, depending on again when you're listening. Um, here the last uh, Sunday of June. But I, this could also stand alone. If you want to go back and listen to that, lovesiler.com, uh, the message is called The Problem with Pride. And it's it's about this issue, but it's also about more than that. So uh, that, that being said, I had a very particular, or I have a very particular focus for that message, but I thought it would be helpful and important. And yes, maybe controversial. Um, I could be putting myself spiritually in in the crosshairs here but we are nearing the end of pride month and i just i just feel like we can't be silent there's a lot of things being said there's a lot of things being assumed and a lot of believers whether you're in freedom family church siler city where i have been called to pastor and shepherd or you're reaping the benefit of you know this from the outside of our church which at least I hope it's a benefit. Um, I think it's important for us to know what we know and know how to have an answer for that and, and to share that information in a in a loving way. The, the verse that we quote a lot is you speak the truth in love. Um, and, and that's a tension that we have to hold. That's what I told or we'll be telling our congregation on Sunday, like whatever we do, we got to speak the truth. We got to do it in love. And another verse that, that I'm using in that message is in first uh, Peter three, where he says, you, you should always be prepared to have an answer to the hope that you have. Now that really should be, my hope is in Jesus and the rest gets sorted out after that. But um, it's also important for these cultural hot button issues that you have an answer that is not your opinion, believer, is not uh, just what you think or what you feel, but what is the word of God? It's important for you to know the word of God. Part of the reason why I do these podcasts when I, when I do those podcasts, again, it's been a season of uh, of a lot of changes. And I, I, by the way, I'm th- thank you for listening. If you're listening to this and my inconsistency, um, and I appreciate that, and and I hope at some point when God leads me to, it'll be more consistent again. But for now, again, this is I think a perfect area for us to talk more deeply about this. And so this is not one of those podcasts where I'm like, "Hey, share with everybody," because <laughs> they may not be at a place to hear that from me. But if you know someone who is grappling with this, or if you have been grappling with this, with how do I answer this? What, what do I even know? What are, there, there are a lot of things that, that have been said about the Bible and about what Bible verses mean that aren't true. And so two things I'm going to do for you today. One, I'm going to give you the specific verses 
um, that help paint the clear picture for us on what we should uh, believe about the LGBT lifestyle, or, or the at least the actions of that, that happen in that lifestyle. Again, this is a this is a really nuanced and winding ball of yarn because there are people involved. Things are complicated. You may know people. I know that it's it's become an issue to some of you because you know people um, that are that that deal with it. I I empathize with that. By the way, I have friends in the LGBT community that I love. I have family, close family. I'm not in my household, Lord willing, right now, but like I have family that I love, that I've known my whole life, that are this way, that identify as this. And so this is not just something you slap a, a big sticker on and say, well, there it is. But you have to be cautious but you you also have to be firmly grounded in the truth or else your feelings will pull you off the path and so let's first look at what the bible says about specifically homosexuality of course you probably know lgbt uh, stands for lesbian gay bisexual transgender they keep adding letters you uh, know i'm just gonna leave it at that right qia etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't know the, the, it, the list keeps growing. Um, but the, those that have a, what, what many of you as alternate lifestyle, um, the Bible is not gray in this area. The simple fact is from everything that, I, and let me just give you the thesis statement before we get particular here, according to the word of God, right? The, the act of homosexuality, the relationships and acting on the desires of homosexuality um, are outside of the range of uh, God's plan for sex, marriage, and, the t- and romantic relationships, and therefore they are sin. Again, that does not mean you don't love the people. If you are listening to this and you struggle with this, or you you've accepted it and you're loud and proud, uh, just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I love you. And we're going to talk a little bit more. I mean, doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean I don't love you. Just because I disagree doesn't mean I don't love you. It's something we're going to talk about next. But first, I want to look at the specific scriptures. So uh, the one that gets the the area that it gets quoted, I think growing up the most was Leviticus, right? The book of Leviticus. Now, let's be honest. Most cultural Christians can't quote much else in Leviticus. It's a tough book to read. It's a lot, especially if you don't know the context of the situation. It being, you know, establishing Hebrew laws and and how God is going to rule his his chosen people in that time and place. But in, in Leviticus 18.22, it, it gets pretty clear. It says, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. Or again, they, they usually were speaking to men, right, when they were writing, just the patriarchal society that they lived in. So it's uh, same thing with otherwise, right? Um, you should not, if you're a woman, you shouldn't lie with another woman. Lie with is a biblical uh, what do you call it? A um, euphemism for sex. It says, it says it is, you, you shouldn't do that. You shall not lie uh, with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. It's not just frowned upon. It's not just 
uh, oh, you know, maybe you shouldn't, or do you have to do this? I wish you wouldn't. No, it's an abomination. Uh, and and you, you see how serious that is in Leviticus 20, verse 13. It kind of repeats it. It says, if a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. Now, again, this is where understanding old covenant, new covenant, and, and context is important. That doesn't mean we go around killing homosexuals. By the way, people talk about how oppressive Christianity's views of homosexuality are. It's amazing how much more brutal that is in other countries. There are other countries where if you are a homosexuality, you die. Most other and many other religions, uh, you know, Islam being one of them, you die. Many countries, you know, the the most recent example of that is where Disney and some of these other movie movie companies are grappling with do I take the uh, LGBT representation out because they're getting banned in other countries. A lot harsher than Christians, but no, Christians are the harsh ones. Anyway, but but you hear that I remember arguing this point in um, in college. There's there's a, a dear sweet, still my friend, uh, a lesbian woman. Not well, not lesbian anymore. Married somebody, married, ended up marrying a man. Uh, another topic for another day. But love her to death will always be my friend. Um, but we got into a, a debate about it in the cafeteria at school. And I was like, hey, Leviticus, pretty clear, girl. And 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 her her response was, Well, that's just old testament. You gonna you gonna not eat shellfish and oh, you got jeans on and cotton, so you're sinning too, put you to death, right? Which is again an argument you hear a lot is that well that's old testament, that's old covenant. And a lot of the things that you read in the old testament that they say you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't in you know, and all these uh ceremonial laws. They do get overturned, but there's always principle in that, right? And, and you, you know, again, Sodom and Gomorrah is one that you hear a lot of. Well, you know, what about Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, that's all. Sodom and Gomorrah, that's Old Testament. In fact, there's a new argument I've heard. Well, not, maybe not be new, but I've heard of it in the last couple of years that the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was not homosexuality. It was selfishness and greed. So if you go back and read in Genesis about Sodom and Gomorrah, they're saying they didn't get burnt and, and nuked by God because of homosexuality. It was because they were greedy and mean. And look at all you greedy, mean Christians. Y'all are just as bad. It's kind of half right because so there was other sin in Sodom and Gomorrah. See, that's the kind of thing that happens with sin is it starts little and it gets bigger and it gets more widespread. And so undoubtedly, if a city is is foul enough for God to wipe off the planet, sin, it, probably not just homosexuality. It's probably greed and lots of other things too. But uh, the book of Jude, Jude 1, 7, which is in the New Testament, by the way. So there goes that argument. And I'm about to continue to give you New Testament verses. Uh, so that argument is out the window. But Jude is one of those examples. It says, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likely indulged or which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire. I want you to keep that phrase, by the way, in your mind. We're going to come back to that. Pursued unnatural desire says, likewise, those type of people, Sodom and Gomorrah, serve, it as serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. It's not good. 
when you pursue the unnatural desire of homosexuality. Another reason it's not just Old Testament. One of the verses that gets quoted a lot is 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or who commit adultery or or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or who are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of God. Now, Couple things you we need to consider with that first, right? You hear this phrase, those that do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God. So here's the thing. This verse is not saying if you're gay, you're going to hell. This is this is where, and again, it can be kind of a gray area here um, of, of disagreement, but um, you know, there are lots of other there are adulterers in the Christian faith. There are um, thieves, there are drunkards, there are cheats, there are abusers. That's absolutely sinful, and no one would argue that it's not, right? No one has a problem saying, no, that's wrong. And in that are homosexual behavior. In that is homosexual behavior. So, one, that doesn't mean that if you're gay, you're automatically going to hell. Because guess what? We're all going to hell. Because we're all adulterers, and we're all drunkards, and we're all cheats, and we're we all we all are. It says those who worship idols. You got idols. Hopefully, you're putting them to death. And and but it, you know the idol. There's we've talked about idols before, right? And so no one ever talks about them going to hell. So let's be clear here that that all these other things, idolatry and cheats and drunkards and abuse and all and and all those people are on the same playing field as those that practice homosexuality and they all don't inherit the kingdom of god which means that we have to have jesus it's it's just a way of saying you shouldn't inherit the kingdom of god you don't deserve it but jesus has bought your way so that's that's one thing that i think one side of the argument gets wrong here um but also i hear this argument a lot well and this has actually been taught in certain progressive churches and circles that are trying to get you to to explain away 1 Corinthians 6 is well you know this they're talking about prostitution right the they'll go back and tell you that the word that that, that they used in the greek uh, meant homosexual or meant a prostitute a gay prostitute and yeah you shouldn't be a prostitute that's not right but what about those who are in committed monogamous loving relationships right and i've i've seen christians go oh i don't have an answer for that here's your answer for that that's not true there's a different word for homosexual in greek and hebrew and all that than the word male prostitute okay and so uh, and by the way, 1 Corinthians 6 says both of those. And they make a differentiation. Male prostitutes, bad. Practicing homosexuality, also bad. Same thing. And it covers all the bases. So that kind of kicks that relationship, I mean, kicks that argument uh, about, oh, what about a monogamous relationship? No, it, it condemns that as well. Both are wrong. But I think Romans chapter 1 is the dagger 
uh, into this issue. And this is Romans chapter 1, uh, specifically verses 24 through 32. And I'm going to read it. It's going to take a minute to get through it. I know we're already going, quote, long in this than I normally, longer than I normally do, but I think this is important to get to. Um, Romans chapter 1 is, to me, you really have to go back on logic. You really have to screw up your logic. You really have to uh, do some gymnastics here to explain away how how clear Scripture is about homosexual behavior. There, by the way, Paul was taking the Romans to task about all sorts of sins. Again, which is a good thing for us to keep in view as well, that this is not the only sin. Right. The reason I'm talking about this today is not because it's the worst sin, but right now it's the one that's getting celebrated loudly in front of my children and your children and, and changing the minds of people who say they follow Christ. So this is why we're talking about this. But it's not the only sin, but it certainly is one of them. And verse 24 of Romans chapter 1 says, So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. As a result, They did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself. They're talking about idolatry in the midst of all this, by the way. says, who is worthy of eternal praise? He's like, don't worship the creation, worship the creator. Verse 26 says, that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even women turned against the natural way to have sex and indulged in sex with each other. And the, and the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. That's pretty clear. I'm going to keep reading though. Verse 28 says, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that they should that let that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness and sin and greed and hate and envy and murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless. They have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Now, I included those last four verses here for emphasis. Up until verse 27 makes it really clear. The normal, good, and and way for uh for us to do this is not homosexuality. And again, you can agree or disagree, but don't say the Bible says something that it doesn't. You have the right to disagree. As my as one of my friends would frustratingly say to me, you have the right to be wrong. <laughs> you do. You have the right to be wrong here. No one is making you agree with this and believe this, but I am saying that it says this. And, you can, and if you're going to deny this, it's not because... Uh, the Bible doesn't say it is because you don't want it to say it. You don't want to believe it. We have, it's a free country. We are a polytheistic nation. Uh, so you can serve whatever God and believe whatever you want. But do not say that the Bible says that this is okay because it is, is clearly not. And, and, it, and the thing is, it doesn't stop there. Again, that's what I keep saying about sin not staying small. Um, 
when you when you let sin in the door, your life becomes, as the scripture says, full of every kind of wickedness, right? And and here's what I'm seeing with Pride Month. Here's why I'm saying all this and risk getting bad publicity and ticking people off and making people leave the church is because we see people inventing new ways of sinning. And and it's not just that they're doing it, they're encouraging others to do it too. There is a active effort for us to, um, for our for our kids and the next generation of of people in this world, um, to accept sin as as good, and that's why I'm like, nope, we got we got to talk about this. And and okay, so to Romans one, this is the argument I've heard. Because by the way, every verse that I've argued, every single one of these verses, friend to friend, family to family, and. Uh, one of the things I hear from this is that Jesus never condemned homosexuality, so we shouldn't either, right? Not It's not just the judge not lest you be judged. Like, don't get me started on that stupid misuse of that word or that that scripture. But but there, there are people who go by the title red letter Christians. I've had multiple friends that consider themselves and they, they seem so smug about it i'm a red letter christian you don't pay attention to all the other hoopla of the bible i just believe what jesus said and i stick to the red letters that's good enough for me and they they seem so proud of this answer like oh and i'm like you you are you're an idiot because guess what the red letters do? The red letters confirm the rest of the letters. Jesus vouched for the Old Testament. He's, he changed some of it. He updated some of it. I, that's true. Old covenant, new covenant. Another lesson for another day. But he vouched for the Old Testament. He vouched for the epistles, what was to come, the uh, what the apostles would write, the New Testament. Yeah, he would say you've heard it. But here's, here's also th- the thing. Yes, Jesus didn't specifically condemn this, but don't you think if he uh, if he was going to change the historical view on that, that they would have written that down and that would have been included? Like if it, an argument for silence is not an argument, just because Jesus said didn't specifically say it didn't mean oh well we don't have to follow it anymore, right? Because plenty of times in the red letters you hear Jesus say this phrase. You've heard it said blank, but I say blank. And every time you see that, that is one of the many occasions where Jesus updates the covenant and begins to teach us how to function uh, on the other side of the cross in the empty tomb and not just before it with, with the Israelite nation. He didn't say that about homosexuality. He didn't say, you've heard it said in Leviticus 18, thou shalt not lie with another man like another man. But I say, go for it, kiddos. Love is love. He did not say that. But he also, that argument is dumb because he also says this in Mark chapter 10. He says, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Period. Just to deal with the T part of our LGBT thing god made them male and female therefore a man shall leave his father and mother hold fast to his wife the two shall become one flesh what god has brought together let no man separate that's that verse you hear at weddings all the time mark chapter 10 is one of the occasions where he was recorded saying hey god's plan 
By the way, this is why they no longer practice polygamy in, among God's people after this, because God's like, Jesus is going, hey, God made us one man, one female. This is this is how marriage and relationships are supposed to be. Um, and if you have more than one wife, if you have a spouse of the same gender, that is not how God made you to operate. So here's the thing. Here's the right. That's that's the very clear right or wrong. But one of the things we deal with, and this is where I told you to remember that verse, pursued unnatural desire. Because here's the thing. I got to be honest. I understand that there's a possibility that someone listening to this, someone listening to my sermon or another the sermon of another pastor preaching on this, they have some desires. And we are lying as Christians if we don't realize, if we don't admit that we all have desires that are uh, counterintuitive to what God says, that are against what God says is good. They're unnatural desires. And the reason, that it was not that the, the having the unnatural desire wasn't the problem. It was pursuing the unnatural desire. The truth is temptation is not the sin here. The feeling is not the sin. It's what you do with it. What do you pursue? Do you pursue your selfish desires or do you pursue Jesus? Because you can hit people with facts all day long and they're going to go, hey, we have this thing called cognitive dissonance. There's there's some other phrases I keep hearing. I can't remember the other one where it's like, we want to believe what we want what we feel and we're going to look for excuses and we will we will turn that part of our brain off that that logic is trying to get to and we'll say no i don't like it this is how i feel this is i don't want to consider it and there's a good chance that you may be doing that to me right now or if you ever have this conversation with someone they may be doing that to you but it's about what you pursue you're yeah, I, yes, you're right. You feel this way. But not all feelings are good. What do you give up? Well, God calls us to give up our, our selfish feelings to worship him and serve him. Uh, a guy by the, a YouTube pastor by the name of Mike Winger, uh, who, funny enough, is like the better version of me. Like he's... He's got glasses, same hair. It's kind of eerie. Might be him for Halloween. I don't know. But uh, he said this, because I, I usually check myself when I'm doing my studies. I go and see what this guy tends to do a lot of research too. And he says about this topic, he says, you got to die to self. You got to res resist temptation and honor Christ with your life. Christianity is very oppressive to the flesh. People are going to go, I feel oppressed by you saying that. Your words are violence to me. And, and you shouldn't say that to me. Yeah, Christianity is oppressive to the flesh. He's, and this is what Pastor Winger says. There's no freedom and liberation to the flesh. It's death to self. This is what we're called to. And, and here's another thing that I hear. But love is love. They love each other. But they love each other. Who are you to tell a couple that loves each other and wants to be with each other forever? that they can't do that. By the way, that's a, that's a retort. That's a comeback that defeats a lot of Christians. But here's the thing. Caring and loving for each other is not the problem. Right? There are lots of people that roommates that live together that care very much for each other. 
that doesn't mean that homosexuality amidst that relationship is good. There are good things in relationships that have nothing to do with who you're having sex with. But we have to have a correct definition of love. Love is not love. Love is not what you make it. Love is can, is not open for interpretation for whatever you feel like. 1 John 3.16 says this. This is how we know love. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. That's what love. You want to understand how what love is? It's self-sacrifice. It's self-sacrifice for the good of other people. So what most people call love is really just an intense sexual desire. We misconstrue feelings and call them love to make to justify us acting on those things. So, whew, I know I know we could be done here, but I want to take just a minute here and lay out for you because you i've given you the information but i want to help you present it in a way that because most people are not going to sit down with you for 30 minutes and let you explain to them and exegete a passage sorry to use pastor terms but like to let me let's open our bible nobody's gonna maybe they will a lot of people like i ain't got time for that i ain't trying to hear that tell me what you think about me hey christian you go to that church you're doing that whole christian thing Tell me what you think about LGBT issues. Why aren't you supporting it? Why aren't you flying the flag? Well, I have thought long and hard about this. I have prayed over this and tried to take the balance of truth and love in consideration for what someone would say. Now, I'm not saying you go get out a note card, but you familiarize yourself enough with scripture and you, you come to an understanding and you hide as scripture says, you hide away the word of God down in your heart so that you won't sin against him. And you can pull those words out. And if, if you are prayed up and spirit filled, you're going to say what God wants you to say. But here's what I feel is it would be a good response to that. If someone were to ask me, Hey, I'm LGBTQ. I'm whatever, I'm whatever sexual that it is in the moment what do you think about me as a christian and here's my response i am first and foremost a christian following jesus as i understand it means that you that is the highest point of your identity that you are a christian before you are anything else so i'm a christian i believe these things to be true i'm allowed to do that right I'm allowed to be a Christian and have my beliefs. So the Jesus does a great job of boiling down what it means to be a Christian. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that's the most important thing we can do is love God. And the second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's my job as a Christian. That's the highest goals of my life, to love God and to love my neighbor. And in God's word, it also tells us that if you love me, you'll follow my commands. So if I'm going to love God with everything I have, that includes me telling or doing what he's told me to do, thinking the way he's told me to think, calling what he calls good, good, and what he calls sin, sin. And it is clear in the Bible that the act of homosexuality, that acting on the desire, the homosexual desires of your heart is outside 
of God's plan for sex, marriage, and romantic relationships. And therefore, it's a sin. If I love God, that's what I have to take into consideration. Now, we can argue about the validity of the Bible and whether it's just some old book. or the, That's not the discussion we're having right now. And I'd love to have a discussion with you one day about the Bible. But for now, I believe the Bible. I have the freedom to believe the Bible, and I believe that it's true. And so, therefore, me calling this anything other than sin would be unloving to my God. But just because that is true doesn't mean that I don't love my neighbor. I believe that you can disagree with someone and still love them that you don't have to buy into and support every single thing they do in order to love them. And so even though God says that about homosexuality and about that lifestyle, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to seek to do what's best for an LGBT person no matter what. I realize they have dignity and value as a human being as an image bearer the bible says that all humans bear the image of god and i believe you deserve respect and love and and i'm going to help you in any way that i can but that doesn't mean i have to agree with you that doesn't mean i have to say that everything you do is good and by the way if i believe what i believe i'm not saying that you do but i'm saying if in my mind in my heart I believe that homosexuality is wrong. It would not be loving of me to encourage that in you because my Bible also tells me that sin leads to death, that the, the right way of living leads to flourishing, but living in sin leads to destruction, and I don't want destruction for you. And so whether you believe it is, is true or not, whether it's actually right or wrong or not is not the point here. If I believe that it's wrong, then it's loving of me to tell you so because I care about your ultimate good. Boom. That's what? Four minutes of, and, and you may even preface this depending on what question they ask you with, hey, there's a simple answer, but it, it lacks nuance. It lacks detail that I want you to. So if you will give me a minute, you want to ask me what I feel about LGBT issues or, or you as an LGBT person, give, give me a chance to explain this to you because it is, it, it's more complicated than just good, bad, right? Because of that's a loaded question. So anyway, there it is. That is my prayerful response to someone who would ask me about what what I believe as a Christian about LGBT issues. Now, again, there's so many. We could do podcast on podcast. We could talk for hours about uh, the effects of that and the implications of that and what that means for all the other things in society. But all that stuff is, is debatable. What's not debatable is what the Word of God says. It's absolutely clear what is sin and what is not. And it also is clear to us for how we're supposed to react. We're supposed to still love these type of sinners just like you love any other sinner as well. So if you are an LGBT person or no one, know that you are welcome in my company. You're welcome at my church, and we will love you through all of this, but we will also 
just like we would with anybody else, any heterosexual that that struggles with or is engaged in something that the Bible calls sin. We want you to repent, to believe, to turn from that and give it to Jesus because Jesus is always better. God's way is always the better way. And so we will love you through that, but we will also push you towards God in, in a way that, that we hope uh, will, will lead to you uh, being closer to God and living more righteous and more holy. So anyway, that's it for Amen, Brother Ben. I think I've I've said enough for now. Um, and so if you have any questions, please do email me, Pastor Ben at lovesiler.com. Hit up amenben.com. We may do a follow-up on this depending on your entrance, interest. Uh, so let me know. Praying for you. Love you. We'll see you next time. Amen, Brother Ben.